0: This simple hymn was written by Harry Dixon Lowes in the early 20th century. Its lyrics are simple for kids to easily remember and recite, with the light of mine having a powerful meaning of the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. That the light that is within each of us should not be hidden, but instead displayed for all the world to see. This hymn is a wonderful way to introduce and to teach young ones about faith and confidence in who they are in Jesus. Harry Dixon Lowe's studied music at Moody Bible Institute, and after comprehensive training in music, he served in a variety of churches as a minister of music. And from 1939 until his retirement, he was a member of the music faculty of Moody Bible Institute. He penned the lyrics for 1,500 gospel songs, and he also composed over 3,000 tunes that many of us sing to our children as they grow. Today I want to share a message that I preached back in 2015. It's based in the Gospel of John chapter 16, verse 33, where Jesus encourages us that although we will have trouble in the world, we should take heart because he has overcome the world. And for those of us that are Christians, we have a light, the light of Christ, that lives within us. And we need to blaze in this world more now than ever for his glory. Enjoy. In a world that is becoming increasingly sad, depressed, and hopeless, individuals with great hope are needed now more than ever. These inspirational leaders come in the form of teachers, pastors, coaches and mentors. They possess a deep abiding faith, an enthusiastic hope, and a passion to build others up. We are the encouragers, and these are our stories. Join Charlie Grimes each week, as he meets new people, learns their stories, and inspires you to make a difference, in the lives of others. We want you to learn how to, start where you are, take what you have, and do what you can. Subscribe now and you'll never miss an episode of the Encouragers United podcast. Here's here's a good morning prayer. Lord, I am in your presence. I am working this this life for, uh, for your glory and in your power. The power, the purpose, and the presence. It's all there. We're going to get to the passage, so if you have your Bibles, let's turn and we're going to read this. Uh, it's a little small on the, uh, on the screen, but let's go to John 16 and 17 here. Kent mentioned earlier, this is what's called in Scripture, Jesus' high priestly prayer. It came probably in the upper room after the Last Supper, or even some scholars believe on their way to the, to the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, But in 16, verse 33, is where we pick up my section of this. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And after Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that you may know Him, that that they may know you, rather, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Again, you're hearing my themes here. So the first blazing question I have for you is are you living every day in a complete and utter dependence upon God. Are you fully dependent upon God? In my um, life as, as I developed as a worship leader, Stephen Curtis Chapman was a very popular musician. And so I want to share with you the lyrics of a song that was real powerful for me uh, through some, some, uh, some tough things that, that I have faced. Listen to the lyrics of this song. Now let me tell you, I'm the kind of guy who wants to do it all myself don't want to ask for help, don't like to stop for directions. But in reality, I'm nothing on my own. It's by God's grace alone that I can make this confession. All that I am and all I'm hoping to be is all and only what he's given to me. And so I say, this is my declaration of dependence. This is my declaration of my need. This is my declaration of dependence on the one who gave his life for me. Uh, the song Declaration of Dependence, okay? We live in a world in a culture in a country that was very founded upon another declaration, right? A declaration of independence. And again, I'm not maligning, and I don't want to downplay our government and our, our, our choice and our uh, independence, our freedoms. We cherish those freedoms, and we love the country that we live in. But it tempts us to do it all our own that it's about my liberty, it's about my life, my pursuit of happiness, my selfishness. And I want to challenge you here that the first thing Jesus does, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. And how many of us can say amen to that? In this world, you will have trouble, okay? Oftentimes, as a coach, I would sit in my office, a young uh, athlete would come forward, not Keith or Laura, though by the way. They would never, they would never do this. They would come into my office and they would be sad because they weren't performing as well as they wanted to. And often this is the way that conversation would go. Well, you didn't do very well. No. Well, w- why not? I don't know. Well, it was hard, wasn't it? Yep, it was hard. Well, how did you train? Uh, I guess I did okay. Well, and as the coach, I know that they didn't try as hard as they possibly could to train and prepare to do what they we're going to do. And it was raining or it was windy or it was cold. And they say, well, I, I just, it's just not fair. I said, what about this whole deal made you think that it was gonna be easy? As, a, as an athlete, I was a decathlete, okay? How many of you know what the decathlon is? That's an event that's just created for a guy with a lot of heart, right? Cause you just have to keep going and going and going. There's 10 track and field events over two, two whole days. Uh, I was taught that lesson as I taught my athletes. What about this did, made you think that it was going to be easy? Because it's hard. It's really, really hard. And that's what I would encourage you with about life. First point, what about this life made you think that it was supposed to be easy? It's not easy. And God says it right here at the end of his earthly, uh, and at the end of his earthly life. I say these things to you so you're going to have peace. All right, so have peace with this. It's going to be really hard. And in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And then when he says this, he turns and he prays to his father. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about his own self-sufficiency. He's the son of God, by the way. But he turns to his father and he modeled a life in this prayer and in the Gospels. Time and time and time again of a life completely dependent upon his father. And so the blazing question that I have for you is are you living completely and utterly dependent upon God? Jesus refused to dwell on what was seen. He consistently modeled for us a mindfulness of what is unseen. Let's talk about light for a second. Uh, I'm gonna jump into science teacher mode here for a second, so just forgive me. Some of you science types will love this. But light is, uh, by uh, you know, scientists' evaluation is an electromagnetic radiation type of energy, and it comes in wavelengths, okay? And we as human beings can only see a certain range of those wavelengths, okay? So, for instance, there is light called ultraviolet light, UV rays, right? You can't see them, but they can hurt you, especially a fair-complected guy like me, okay? There's light there, but you can't see it. And, in fact, what we've studied in what I just read on Google, was that if you see certain colors, those are different wavelengths, okay? That's why it's ultraviolet, it's higher than violet. Violet's a, apparently a very high uh, wavelength. Light travels really, really fast. It happens to be 186,000 miles per second mark. That's a long, that's, that's a lot, that's a lot. Um, and the, the, the light that we sometimes see here in Ohio from the sun is eight and a half minutes old. It's not stale yet, but it's eight and a half minutes old because that's how long it took for the light to travel 93 million miles from our sun. The light that's reflected off of the moon is about 1.25 seconds old, and oftentimes we don't see light unless it's reflected off something else. Okay, so those are some tidbit facts I want you to remember. File those away for a second because it's gonna play out in the illustration here. When we talk about shining, we're gonna talk about wavelength, we're gonna talk about the energy source, and we're gonna talk about reflecting, okay? I'm not going to go into all that, but I want you to just go with me on the illustration here. Completely dependent upon God for my shining, for my blazing. Jesus didn't look to himself. In fact, earlier in John, John 5.30, I didn't put it on the screen, but John's uh, gospel also records that Jesus says, by myself, I can do nothing. I only seek to please the one who sent me. Jesus often retreated to lonely places by himself. To recharge, to reconnect, to stay completely dependent upon God. And so I would just encourage you here life's going to be tough. You already figured that out, I'm sure. Plug into the source and be completely dependent upon God, not yourself, not yourself. And that's hard. It's hard to do that, but it's lifestyle and it's habit. Okay? Second blazing question Are we living with a sense of destiny? As I alluded to in the beginning here, my. one of the greatest experiences I had as a college student was uh, we, Wendy and I were part of a fine organization working on public campuses around the country called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Some of you may have heard of it. InterVarsity Press is another uh, offshoot of this ministry that publishes books, uh, and we were part of InterVarsity. Uh, not necessarily a sports-related or athletic-related organization, by the way. It happens to be InterVarsity is the name, but InterVarsity was a student uh, initiated Christian Ministries group uh, led and mentored by staff workers, um, folks a lot like Kent, in many ways. His demeanor reminds me very much of a university staff worker, um, but uh, we were at uh, many of uh, many of our times and in, in, uh, interactions were around retreats and such, and so I was actually at a retreat as a college student. Uh, working with another group of students and we were doing these little games and um, I kind of probably took, lead, took the lead in my group and we were doing a tug of war and I knew that we were kind of the underdogs and so that's kind of my posture as you can imagine and so I fired up my group and we actually won the tug of war against a team that was much bigger and I had one of those staff workers come forward to me and said, listen, do you realize that you, you have a spiritual gift here? And I just saw it, I, I just saw it displayed in these little games. Like, whoa, well, I didn't. I guess I hadn't thought of that. I said, Charlie, you're an encourager. Hmm. To each would be given a manifestation of the Spirit, and from that day on, a lot of my life fell into place. That's what I do. That's my destiny. And all these experiences flowed back into my life as a high school football player, or a track runner, or a student, as a friend. And the tough things that I've been through, that just simply enabled me to talk the language with people who had that struggle. And ever since, I've purposely used my passion and my giftedness to come alongside somebody and say, yes, you can, yes, you can. And for me personally, that's part of my destiny, okay? That's the purpose that he placed me here. That's why he wired this brain and this heart the way he did, and he given me all the experiences that I've had up to this point and he sets me free, and, he, and then he energizes that as long as I'm dependent upon him, and it's awesome. I hope most of you understand that principle. If you don't, and you haven't had that experience yet, then you need to pray for that experience. You need to say, Lord, what is my purpose? What's my destiny? Because Jesus is living here out, his destiny. He expressed that in his prayer. Look at this second part of this prayer where he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you since you've given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to whom you've given him. And this is eternal life, that they would know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Does that not summarize Jesus' destiny? Okay, that's it. That's it. Okay, there's another part in, earlier in the, in the uh, Gospel of John, too. I didn't put it on the slide, but John twelve twenty seven. I want you to write down. One of my favorite, most uh, cherished verses. John 12, 27 says, it's, a, again, another prayer from Jesus, very much in the same spirit of this prayer that we're studying. 12, 27 says, and this is Jesus speaking, Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. What a wonderful, powerful verse of our Lord speaking in the center of his own destiny. Lord, my heart is troubled. In this world, we're going to have trouble. And so what shall I say in the middle of that trouble? Father, release me from this hour. I don't want to do this. I can't do it. No, it's for this very hour that I came. Glorify your name. That's the example that I want to encourage you with this morning. In this world, we're going to have trouble. Yes. In this world, I need to be completely dependent upon God. Yes. And in this world, I need to be in the sweet spot of my destiny and my purpose. Because, it's for the, because then when you face the trouble, you know that you know that you know that you're doing what he wants you to do. How's the cliche go? If he brought you to it, He'll get you through it. If He brought you to it, then He'll get you through it. Funny little joke my wife has shared with me in the last couple uh, weeks. I've been through some pretty tough things with my job. And uh, she sent me this little card. I'm not going to actually recite it verbatim, but she emailed it to me or sent it to me in a little message. It says, God would never give you more than you can handle, but He must think you're one bad cowboy. (laughs) God would never give us more than what we can handle, But Lord, you must think I'm really tough because what I got in front of me is really tough. And I know what you got in front of you is really tough. But if you know that you are in the center of his will, then you will wake up the next day and you will carry on and you will commit yourself to do what he asks you to do because that's what our Lord is, 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 uh, is demonstrating here. So be dependent upon him. Be in his destiny and purpose for your life. And then finally, which is my favorite part of this, and I, all throughout this prayer and these next weeks, again, I'm not trying to preach somebody else's message, but this glorify name, this glorify concept is going to come up. And I'm asking you, do you live in, in such a way as to glorify God? It seems like a, a trivial question. seems like the obvious, the obvious answer, well, of course I live to glorify God. I want you to, to know I did some study on this word glorify glorify has two meanings. I think the first meaning that we jump through is that we're going to give honor and praise to something. So we're going to glorify God. We're going to give him praise and honor. And that's very true. So we live in such ways to give praise and honor to God. And that's played out in two ways. When I do something really, really good, right? I'm holding up the big trophy. I say, like, praise Jesus. He helped me do this. Like, yeah, we're glorifying God. And then on the other side, when it's really, really bad, we say, oh, I'm going to praise him in spite of all this pain and hurt. And all the problems. I'm gonna praise and honor God. I've got to glorify God by enduring what He's asked me to do. I'll bear my cross. Okay, both ways, that's absolutely right. We should do that. But I've discovered another name, another meaning here. This glorify word actually means, also means to manifest the presence of. Ooh, say that again, Charlie. To manifest the presence of God is a another meaning of the word glorify. So glorify yourself god glorify yourself manifest your presence here is what is 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 intertwined in this okay so with with that in mind let's go back to the passage here a second and in the in the last part of this i glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory that i had before the world even existed wow There's a lot of theology in this. We can't get to it all today. In fact, I'm not equipped or skilled to take you there with all of this. But think about that manifestation of God's presence when you see that word glorified. I glorified you on earth. I manifested your presence here on earth, Lord, having accomplished the destiny that you gave me. I'm about to finish the work. Glorify me. Manifest my presence in the presence with your presence like I did before the world even was created. There's the two parts of the Trinity being one, okay? Manifest my presence in your presence. Glorify me so that I may glorify you. I want you to think about that dynamic. Try to wrap your brain around that. I know we're on the edge here. Glorify me so that I may glorify you and put that into your trouble, put that into your daily life, put that into a situation where delight, I love your story, that you might help someone who's obviously stressed in the checkout line. Glorify yourself, God. May your presence be felt here simply by me being obedient, in my destiny to help, and totally dependent upon you. Okay, we all played that out with you, Delight. That's a wonderful story. And and it was very sweet of you, right? But it was scary. You said, uh, she'll be offended. Maybe she'll think that I'm, you know, looking down on her or judging her. All this all this thought process that clouds all that. I believe that's straight from the enemy because you had a shot at shining the presence of God because you were in your destiny to help people, which how many people would doubt that Delight Howells has the gift to help people? Amen and amen. And you're totally dependent upon God. You say, okay, I'm going to pay a lot of money here. I don't know what the bill was. You didn't tell me what it was, but it, it might've been significant. And so Where's that money going to come from, Kurt? Sorry, I gave it to somebody else. All right, we'll trust God, right? That's, what, that's how that works. And again, I'm not trying to glorify delight. I'm glorifying God by what she did. And that's what she did by sharing that story. But as we look at this theme of as we are one, what's that mean? Glorify God by manifesting his presence, okay? Glorify, manifest his presence. Here's the last little point I have for you. 1 John 1 5. 1 John 1 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. Could it be that we're the reflector to manifest his presence by glorifying him? That we would translate a wavelength so that people could actually see it. Manifest his presence, Charlie. Wait a minute, God's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Yeah, but nobody nobody can see him unless he reflects off somebody or somebody translates that wavelength so that they can see it. God is light. God, retune my eyes to see your glorious wavelength and to blaze for your glory and with your presence in this world. Like Moses' face, shining as he met with you after the tent of meeting interactions that our face would fully reflect. God's love and his glory no matter what happens to us may we glorify God through it free me from this darkness of myself I'm going to adapt a little prayer that I used to teach to some of my athletes we used to pray something like this Lord about what I'm about to do is is going to be in your presence what I'm about to do is going to be in your power by your breath by your strength and what I'm about to do is going to be in your glory for your glory so in your presence Lord for your power And for your, for your glory. Okay, let me adapt this. Here's here's a good morning prayer, right? Lord, I am in your presence. I am working this this life for, uh, for your glory and in your power, the power, the purpose, and the presence. It's all there. That's my encouragement to us this morning. And I can tell you this: the whole second part of my message this morning, if you gave me time to preach it, would be that we need each other in that because we're all in this together. Not going to go there. But the illustration that I mentioned before is what we're going to do now. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. We're going to sing kind of upbeat song, but I want you to, to go ahead and stand. These guys are going to start this song, and you are going to come forward. We've got uh, some clicker lighters here, and I want you to light a candle as a demonstration. Yep, go ahead and stand up. As a demonstration of your commitment to shine in community Because one of these little candles, it does some good. In fact, why don't we just shut the lights down, too? I think this effect might be even better. So here's you just flickering and doing your best by yourself. But if you come forward and you're willing to join me in this, you're going to just light one of these candles. And then as the song progresses, I'd love for this whole table to be lit up. To the glory of God. Another recommendation I have for you is if you're coming up early, I want you to do the ones that are back here. Don't just do one right in the front. You'll set somebody's cuff on fire in the future. Which is a whole other sermon illustration in itself, by the way. But let's work together here as we sing this song. And we're going to light this table up together. Dependent upon Jesus. Dependent upon our Father. Working in His destiny and His purpose for our lives completely manifesting his glory, his presence as we glorify him. Let's sing and come on forward as you feel fit and light a candle. Thanks for listening today. You know, I'm interested in your feedback, questions, or ideas for future episodes. We have a Facebook group called Encouragers United. Please feel free to join that group and the conversation. You can also email me at Charles R. Grimes at gmail.com. Another great way to help me would be to recommend a high energy, positive minded person that you know to check out the group and to begin to listen to our show.